write my start time here so I can, you know, it's, you always think you're going to remember something until you forget it, right? Yeah. Right? And that's how I'm, I'm like, oh, I need to make a new password. I will remember this password. I don't need to write it down. And the next time I go to log in, I go, looks like I'm going to have to make a new password. <laughs> so we got 1057 on the mark. I don't know if I'm going to be able to perform like uh, last Sunday morning. Uh, I know we got out pretty early last Sunday morning, and I had to go home to get the meat off the, off the smoker, and I got a phone call. Pastor Lego is done. I said, what? <laughs> it's still morning. What's going on here? So, all right, uh, Numbers chapter 26. So, this is kind of a, a different kind of a message for me. I don't know, maybe it'll sound the same. Maybe it'll just be the womp, 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 the blur. But this is a different kind of message for me. It was, I had quite the struggle getting this, this thing together. But uh, the Lord just kind of, I wanted it done like a week ago. But things just didn't come into place. Things didn't just kind of drop in front of me or whatever until within the last two days or so. So as the Lord does that, works it out, and it all came together, I think we'll find out in about 40, 45 minutes. So, but Numbers chapter 26. So today we're going to look at an Old Testament story, and we're going to use it to make some applications in your life today. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's all Scripture, not just portions, not just the Pauline epistles. All Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. So it's all for us. Now, the goal in preaching is to address those items and then draw the listener to a decision. So that is the goal in preaching, is to bring, these, bring things up to light and then draw the listener, draw the folks in to make a decision for whatever that might be, just to continue in the way that you're going, if you're going in the right direction, improvements on some items that you need improvement on, or, or whatever it might be, whatever the Lord lays on your heart and brings and pricks with conviction, or just an encouragement, whatever it is. Today we're going to be starting at the end of a story, and then we'll go back and we'll see where it started and what happened. So my... The title of my message is, well, I'll wait, for, I'll wait for Brother Mike to get back in here to give him my title. The Infection of Iniquity is what we're going to talk about this morning. The Infection of Iniquity. Amen. Not affection, but infection. So, infection. Infections are, they're, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, Numbers chapter 26, we're just going to read, oh, we'll just read two verses, 9 and 10. And the sons of Eliab and Namuel and Dathan and Abiram... This is that Dathan and Abiram, which were famous in the congregation, who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah, when they strove against the Lord. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died. What time the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a sign. So we're going to talk about the infection of iniquity, and we're going to talk about that we're just going to go through this story back in Numbers chapter 16. You can go ahead and flip back there. Numbers chapter 16, we're going to be talking about Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Anybody know the story of Korah, Korah Dathan, and Abiram? Here, a few folks, some people, if you've been in your Bible a little bit. So I had to go through, and I really had to go through this story and familiarize myself uh, more so with it, because you hear the names, and you know like what happened. The earth swallowed, opened up, and ate them. You know, they fell down through, and then closed back up. So it's... That was a bad place to be standing. But you know the general gist of what happened. We're going to dive in a little bit. There's 50 verses in this chapter. I don't think we're going to read all 50 of them this morning. It depends on how much time I have. But we're going to look at this. We're going to stay mainly in chapter 16. We're going to be talking about Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And we're going to talk about this infection of iniquity that happened here and kind of go from that. So after, after reading through this stuff, you're going to see that some kind of infection took control of some people in the passage. And then we'll, we'll look at particulars, see what it started with, and then what it progressed to, and then what happened at the end. Brother Mike, the infection of iniquity. Infection of iniquity. There we go. And online it's going to say the affections of iniquity. I'm kidding. All right, let's pray and we'll get into the message. Father, it's good to be in church this morning. It's good to just be here with people that uh, love your book and people that love you and, and our, love our pastors. And I just thank you for these people and just 
uh, just the willingness to get up on a Sunday morning to go to church. Or they had the day off from work and they could be home just resting or doing something around the house that needs to get done, but they chose to be here. Lord, with their Bible and just uh, listening to the preaching of your word. Lord, I don't take it lightly. I ask you just please help me to have some clarity of thought here in my, in my preaching and that it would come across the way it needs to come across. And I pray and ask that you would work. Again, be with our pastors as they're out of town. Keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're going to talk about the beginning of the infection. The beginning of the infection. So Numbers chapter 16. Now, I was talking about infections and stuff, and uh, Tanya's not too... <laughs> she's, she's mentioned some items to me, and I said, oh, that's a good illustration. I'm going to use you as my illustration. She's, ah. She said, well, please don't talk about, like, get gross and talk about infections. I said, oh, that's a good idea. I will do that as well. So thank you. My wife is so great. She gives me great ideas all the time. Uh, so she, she said the other day when I was talking about infections, because I was, man, I was struggling. I knew this was the passage to preach for this morning. I mean, I knew this was a story before I even went through and studied it. When I was reading my Bible reading, it kind of it popped out at me, and I had some thoughts about it and stuff. And then when I was in Florida, I was kind of reading through my Bible, and it was still on my mind when we were down there for the blowout and stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I need to have something rolling here for a couple Sundays from now. And then I came across Numbers chapter 16, or 26 later on, and that, you know, that portion of Scripture popped right out when I was thinking about that, what to preach. I said, okay, this is the message. Uh, i got to get the message now. So it has, it's, it's, been, it's been a struggle and work, but I believe this is what the Lord would have for this morning. And I'm confident in that. So if it, just grab what you can grab out of the message. But we're going to talk, when I started talking about infections to Tanya, and she said, infection, infection is nasty. I said, that's exactly right. Infection is nasty. It's gross. And the sin needs to be gross to us and nasty. We need to have that same mindset. When you think of infections, you don't think of something beautiful. You think of something gross, right? Everybody think of an infection right now that you might have had. Yeah, it was gross, wasn't it? As you're like scrunching noses and that's sick. Why are you talking about infections? Well, if we would think about sin like an infection, I mean, right? But it's just so common even though infections are pretty common as well. But sin is just so common that we don't think of it as being nasty. We think of it as a companion. So uh, what we're going to talk about, we're going to look at Numbers chapter 16. Let's get into at least point number one today. And let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 3. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of... Uh, the the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves among the congregation of the Lord? And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. So we have the beginning of the infection. That point number one, the beginning, the word, see how things are framed. Uh, we have, Mo, they gather themselves against Moses and against Aaron. That looks like contention. And only by pride cometh contention. That's the only way. The Bible says, if the Bible says that is the only way that something happens... Uh, then that's the only way it happens. Right. Only by pride cometh contention. So if there's contention, there has got to be pride before that. If there isn't, then the Bible's wrong. Makes sense, right? So there is pride. This infection of pride, it began in their hearts and becomes manifest here. Uh, Proverbs 28, 25 says, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. There is strife being stirred up right here. They have proud hearts. They have proud hearts. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and their assembly, and those, uh, those famous men famous in the congregation, men of renown, they're proud. And they're going against Moses. Well, God chose Moses. God chose Moses for, the, for his particulars of what he wanted done. Uh, look over at Numbers chapter 12. God chose Moses. 
And if you hear a grumbling up here, I did not eat breakfast. So it's, it's not me growling at you. It's my stomach mad at myself for, you know. So Numbers chapter 12. And let's go ahead and read verses uh, 1 through 9. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman uh, whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Uh, and, and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And, the three, and they three came out. And the Lord got, I see like a dad, like, hey, get out here. Get out here right now. Uh, and the Lord came down in a pillar of, of the cloud. I'm sure they're thinking, oh, we're in trouble now. Uh, and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is, who is faithful in all mine house. Uh, with him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then, were ye not afraid to speak unto my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. So the Lord, he, sets up, he set Moses up. Look at chapter 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men. He's always speaking to to Moses, saying, telling him what to do. Chapter 15, and the Lord spake unto Moses. The Lord chose Moses to do this job here, to be the leader here, to, to go forth. Well, these people, they didn't like what God, had to, what, what God chose. They had some pride welling up in them. Uh, verse 17 of the previous chapter also, and the Lord God spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. Uh, speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land, whither I bring you, so he's saying, hey, let you, just so you know, when you're going in, you're traveling to a certain land. So the Lord's telling them to lay out what's happening, but they still don't care. Uh, pride will always go against what God institutes. Always. Pride will always go against what God institutes. What's pride? Pride is inordinate self-esteem, an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority, in talents, beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in office. Well, it looks like they wanted to be elevated in office. They weren't too happy where they're like, oh, you have too much on you. Often, and it says, often in contempt of others. And it's, it's, this is a, the beginning of a deadly infection, the pride. Pride is connected with the devil. So when it pops up, you're taking on one of his characteristics. That's exactly what's happening every time. They say, well, that's rough. Well, that's Bible. That's what's happening. Uh, the Job 41, it's not talking about a dinosaur. Uh, his scales are his pride. He, and it also says in, later on in that chapter, the end of it, he is a king over all the children of pride. That's talking about the devil. He's a king over all the children of pride. I'm sure he's pretty proud himself. Uh, I'm just going to kind of go down through some verses and just kind of read you some verses on pride, just kind of some tidbits in the verses. Uh, let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. Proverbs 13, 10, only, only by pride cometh contention. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction, which we're gonna, that's going to come to, come to a fruition in this story. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 19, or 29, a man's pride shall bring him low. Jeremiah 48, we have heard of the pride of Moab, for he's exceeding proud. Excuse me. A Jeremiah 49, the terribleness, of thy terribleness hath deceived thee. Excuse me. And the pride of thine heart. In Obadiah, it says, uh, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. The pride isn't looking too hot here. Uh, 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Right. So we're getting some more particulars here. Hey, pride is not of God. Uh, Proverbs 6, 17, a proud look. That's one of the items on the list that the Lord hates. and an It's an abomination to him. And you can go through Romans chapter 1, verse 30. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 5, for God resisteth. 
the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Amen. James 4, 6, pretty much the same, says the same, uh, the same thing. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. It's an infection. When something's infected, something, it's, something dirty gets into something clean. And uh, I'm pretty sure pride is dirty. So, my infection story now. Uh, I, had, I had a staph infection once upon a time, and it was horrible. Uh, I was, it was just a little, I had a little nick on my elbow, just a little tiny spot, just kind of maybe like, like a, a, the size of like a tiny little zit or whatever. You say, oh, that's gross. I know. This is, the, the infection of iniquity, it's going to be gross. All right, infections are gross. Remember, infections are gross. We're talking about infection right now. It's going to be a little gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I had this infection on my elbow. That I didn't realize that it was a staph infection and turned into MRSA and all that uh, wonderful stuff. But it was just a tiny little spot at first and just a, an irritable spot. But I just kind of let it go. And it, got, it was warm, you know, a little hot in that area, and just kind of started to, it wasn't like my typical cut that I just pack grease in at the shop and keep on working. It was just, started to hurt a little bit more. I'm like, what's going on here? The grease and the dirt didn't stop it. What is happening? I'll finish that story a little bit. But that was the beginning of it. It was just small. It was just one item that happened, just a little, tiny little, the smallest nick on my elbow. And it's gonna, it, it grew, which will go into point number two. Uh, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they had an infection of pride. They used the excuse of, oh, ye take too much upon you, when they really wanted the exaltation and the limelight. That's exactly what they wanted. Look at Isaiah chapter 14 to get a parallel to these folks here. So Isaiah chapter 14, and we'll read, uh, we're talking about Lucifer here, as you'll see in verse 12. I'll start reading while you're flipping. Uh, thou art fallen, how, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, so this pride in the heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend Above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to, the, to hell, to the sides of the pit. And this is an exact parallel of what's going on here. It looks just like what's happening over here, saying, hey, uh, Moses, you're, you know what? You have too much on you. I'm sure that's the devil saying, hey, God, you have too much. I'm already up here. Let me, let me I want to take over. So I, I can do a good job. I, I'm going to be like the Most High. I'm going to exalt myself. Same exact thing. And if you look in uh, Numbers chapter, flip back to number 16, and uh, after they're going down, after the, the earth opens up, and in verse 33, and they and all that appertain to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed up upon them. So, I mean, it parallels. So it's, it's wild how it parallels with them exalting themselves, wanting to exalt themselves and being brought down to a pit, just like Lucifer over in Isaiah 14. But it's that, that pride, that pride, it started an infection of pride, and pride is a wicked thing. It's, it's sin. And that thing will get a hold of you, and it'll just, it'll run with you, and it will run you. I'll read a couple little items here that I, I have a book, it's called Blast from the Ram's Horn. It's a great book to grab. It's from uh, late 1800s. And it has just little excerpts. They were in newspapers in Chicago uh, back in the late, late 18, in the 1890s and such. And you can find the book online, Blasts from the Ram's Horn. But this is a couple of items. It's, it's uh, titled, Sin's Big and Little. Uh, Sin will behave itself a year to have its way an hour. These are just real profound little just blasts that these, these folks put in. This is in a newspaper back in the day. Uh, the Christian who winks at sin will soon lose his sight. Uh, the, sin, the sin we have mercy on will soon have no mercy on us. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, if we hold on to sin for a day, we may have to hold on to it forever. Uh, we hate our sins the most when we look at, when we see what they look like on other folks. Uh, give a loose rein to any kind of sin, and a runaway horse isn't a circumstance. 
And let's see. Don't fool with sin. It's safer to play with a rattlesnake. That's pretty good. So that's some good items on sin. And that's exactly what pride is. It's sin. It's an infection that's going to spread. We'll see how it spreads now. The growth of the infection, this disgusting infection, is about to grow. It's about to grow. The pride that was in them, back, we're back in number 16, and we'll just hang out there for a while. Uh, in number 16, in Numbers chapter 16, I'll look at verse 2. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. So we have pride in the beginning of the infection, and that infection is going to start to grow. And it's going to start to turn into other items. Uh, contention came out of the pride. Pride was the originator and then uh, the catalyst to push to, to start contention. What is contention? Contention means, uh, and I give you definitions, they're coming out of uh, Webster's 1828. That's not the Bible, but it's a pretty, you get some solid uh, definitions out of it. Contention is strife, struggle, a violent effort to obtain something or to resist a person. That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. They're resisting Moses. Contention, it came out of pride. Is the infection, the growth of this infection, it's starting to spread. Envy came out of the pride, and, uh, out, out of this pride that they have. And Psalm 106 is another parallel passage uh, kind of talking about this a little bit. It says, they envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. They envied. So that's something that grew out of this pride as well. That Psalm 106, that portion is talking about this exact happening in number 16. And the main thing that it turned into is rebellion. Right. Rebellion. And it's not just rebellion against Moses and against Aaron, but against God. Yeah. And when you rebel, you're not just rebelling against mom and dad. You're not just rebelling against pastors or whoever might be a, a teacher or whoever it is. You're rebelling against God. Right. And when it comes right down to it, that's exactly who you're rebelling, uh, rebelling from. This infection has grown and it's spread to other parts of this local body here as a people as well. And, you know, it's commonly been said, you are who you are around. So you are who you're around. And that makes sense. you got a bunch of friends that are wicked friends. You're going to, evil communications corrupt good manners. You're going to become just like they are. Either, either you affect who you're around or who you're around affects you. It's one way or the other. I wouldn't take a chance going to, I would not. I'm telling you, I would not. <laughs> I've done it years ago. I went and hung out with all the wicked people, and I, I did not win them all to the Lord and have evangelistic meetings with them and stuff back in years ago. All right. They, I just flowed right into their wickedness. Who I was around affected me. You become who you're around. But this also, this infection, it didn't just spread with these different items of sin, with contention and envy and rebellion, but it also spread to that local body of people as well. Verse number two says that there's a 250 princes of the assembly famous in the congregation. Uh, verse number 12, so it spread to other people too. They, they see what's going on and they say, you know what? That's a good idea. We should go against them as well. It didn't say that they, uh, struggled, they struggled to get these folks to go with them. It says, they, in verse two it says, uh, they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel 250 princes of the assembly, famous of the, in the congregation, men of renown, and gather themselves together. So they have a group of people that they influenced and brought them right along with this rebellion. And it's just this wickedness growing and growing. Verse number 12. And verse number 12, let's see. Moses, he calls to Dathan and Abiram to call them out on this situation, but they rebel also and say, we will not, look at the, verse, the end of that verse, we will not come up. They're rebelling. They're in rebellion here. They're saying, nope, not doing it. I'm not going to do what's right. I mean, I, sure, sin's been found out in me, <clears throat> and somebody's you know, calling me saying, thou art the man, and saying, nope, not, not doing it. I'm not coming up. The infection, it turns into griping also. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. They say, we will not come up. 
It is a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us. A little jealousy. Uh, moreover, and uh, some bitterness. Moreover, thou, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will thou put us in the eyes of men? We will not come up. So they're saying, hey, you just brought us out here to kill us in the wilderness. They're bitter. They have some bitterness going on. Bitterness when things don't seem the greatest. You know, be careful. When things don't seem the greatest, be careful you don't get bitter. Right. When things seem like they're going pretty rough, be careful because bitterness is right around the corner. You're getting ready to jump on your heart. Uh, all the problems, though, that arise from pride will lead to rebellion. All the problems that might arise from pride will lead to rebellion. We have all these other things that are in, the, in play, but in reality, at the, when it comes down to it, you may have some pride in your heart, and then from that pride cometh contention, and you have the envy and strife and all sorts of different items, and in the end, you will rebel against God. So it will always lead to rebellion of some sort in your life. It's like Tanya said, infection is nasty. It's nasty. And that's exactly right. And we need to see sin, like I said, as something nasty. Amen. These things here that are going on in Numbers chapter 16, this is some nasty stuff happening here. Say so that, that sounds funny, just saying nasty over, just talking about something being nasty. But it is. It's nasty. When, when, infections, when infections spread and they grow, they get more and more nasty, don't they? Back to my staph infection story. Staph infection, it started off as just a small bump, uh, just a, an irritation, something just a little bit annoying, but I could just work fine with it. Warm sensation, but I could, I could still act normal. I could just pill up. I, I could act like there was nothing wrong with me. It was on my elbow and whatever. It was just, I could still act. I could perform at work, go hang out with my buddies and all sorts of nonsense. I could, but as it grew... As hard as I wanted to be normal, I couldn't because it was affecting me bad. It was, it was growing. Uh, there, it started to grow and grow where I came, came to a place where it was, uh, it was this huge bulge on my elbow. It was, it was incredible. And I remember I was in a ton of pain, but I was just stubborn <laughs> and didn't want to go to the doctor's. And I just was like, you know what, I'll deal with it. I'm sure it'll go away, even though this thing is not going away, it's growing. And I would have to sleep on the couch. I would have to put my hand in my pocket like this and lay on my side so my elbow wouldn't move because if anything, just, just a little tiny touch like that, it was unbelievable pain. But I was still trying to deal with it. As much as this thing is growing and hurting and affecting me horribly, I'm still like, you know what, I can deal with it. And that's the this growth of the infection. It, it will it'll infect you more and affect you more. And I, as much as I wanted to act normal, I couldn't. And I'm at work, and you can tell there's something wrong. And I, I was in a lot of pain. And finally, my mom was like, you know what, honey? I'm going to bring you to the doctors. Let's go to the doctors. I said, okay, I'll go to the doctors with you. But, and we'll get to that at the third point. But it was rough, and I had no idea what was going on. I'm just like, all right, it'll go away. But it, it just kept growing and growing. Uh, rebellion is wicked. Right. Rebellion is wicked. Say, you jump right back over to rebellion, huh? Yes. First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty three. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Uh, those are some pretty heavy, heavy words used there. Rebellion, sin, witchcraft, stubbornness, iniquity, idolatry—all bad stuff. <laughs> Lord, He piles all those, those, uh, all those words into this verse here. Hey, He's—it means something. Pretty serious. Proverbs 17, 11 says, an evil man seeketh only rebellion. There's something, there's something evil inside of you working and stuff, and that infection's growing, trying to, to morph itself into this rebellion. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they're now they're, they're rebels at heart, uh, and despite Moses dealing with them, trying to bring them around, they still are saying, I, sh I, uh, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. They're singing that over and over. They're not moving. They're not budging. Moses, he goes to Korah first. Uh, look at verses 8, Numbers chapter 16. Verses, number 16, 8. 
So he goes to, Moses goes to Korah first and brings up his heritage and who he is, trying to hit home with this guy. Verse 8, And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi, seemeth it a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee to seek ye the priesthood also. He's saying, hey, he's hitting home with him. He's like, hey, you're, Korah, you're of Levi. You're of the priests. What are you doing? Why, why are you doing this? Wake up, buddy. What's going on? Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read three verses out of it. But talking about the Levites, uh, verse one, I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and 5. The priests of the Levites and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part of nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he hath said unto them. In verse 5, For the Lord thy God hath chosen him out of all the tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord and his sons forever. Hey, He's supposed to be doing exactly that. Korah, in that, he's in that heritage. He's with Levi here. And he's supposed to be part of that. Most saying, hey, buddy, remember who you are? Remember what you're supposed to be? Don't you care at all? When you're, 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 you're a rebel at heart, you're full of pride and envy and contention, don't you remember who you are? Let's bring this right back around to 2022. Saved individual. Don't you remember who you are? You're a rebel at heart right now, but who are you? And, and what you are, you're saved. You're a born-again Christian. And where, and where you were brought from, don't you remember? <laughs> it's, it's incredible that in this passage, <laughs> okay, look at Numbers chapter 16, and then run back about uh, nine verses into the chapter 15, and you talk about all this stuff, and the children, verse 32, and the children of Israel were gathered in the wilderness. They found a man. They gathered sticks on the Sabbath. And they found him gathering sticks, uh, found him gathering sticks, brought unto Moses and Aaron unto all the congregation. So this, this fellow gets stoned here. And then verse 41 says, uh, And I'm Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Lord your God. So it's right after this pretty serious lesson happens here. This guy's out picking up sticks on the Sabbath, and he gets stoned. And then the Lord lays down some, uh, some pretty, pretty heavy stuff at the end of this as well, saying, hey, uh, that you remember, this, I want you to remember and do my commandments and to be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out, just in case you didn't remember, that brought you out of the land of Egypt, the place you were in bondage, to be your God. I am the Lord your God. You have somebody that is the Lord your God. You have Jesus Christ, your Savior, and just like Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, you just, just blow it away, blow it away. He tries to talk to Dathan and Abiram, but they just fill the air with their own nonsense in chapter 16. Verses 14 and 15, go ahead and look there. Uh, as he, we already read that a little bit, we'll, we'll read it again. Uh, 13 and 14, is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of this land that floweth with milk and honey? to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over, over us. They're just, they're just blowing smoke and just telling a bunch of nonsense. Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey. They're just complaining, just running their mouth, not dealing with the situation at hand, uh, or giving us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will thou put, put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. They're, they're bitter, and Moses, he tries to go to them. He's going to try to approach them as well. And say, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I'm stubborn. I'm a rebel. I'm not going to listen to it. And we'll do that as well, won't we? Won't you? Do it as well. You say, not today. Maybe yesterday, though. Maybe tomorrow. The, the infection is out of control. It is just, it is going places and spreading throughout people that you would, those folks that were of the tribe of Levi, Korah, I'm sure, I'm sure Korah's parents and grandparents and great-great, as in Levi, never thought that Korah would be going against the one that called them out to be separated. Never imagined that their, his great-great-grandson, or however in line that is, I believe that's what it is, 
uh, would rebel against the Lord that gave him such a special calling that said, hey, I want you, you're, you're part of those that are supposed to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. We have a calling, folks. We have a special calling. The infection is just out of control, and it's going places that it's, it's not going to end up well. We have to take care of the infection. Last point, the removal of the infection. So we have the, uh, we have the growth of the infection after the beginning of the infection, and now we have the removal of the infection, uh, verses 25 through 50. And we'll go ahead and kind of, we'll read through this, maybe skip a couple verses through here. But just to, just to get, the, the, uh, just get a grasp on what's going on here, Numbers uh, 16.25. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram. And the elders of Israel followed, followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sin." So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, these three rebels, on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives and their sons and their, their little children. That looks like something proud right there. They're, they're supposed, these people are fleeing, trying to get out of the way, because God's saying, hey, I'm going to destroy this stuff. And then Moses and Aaron uh, kind of plead with the Lord before this happens, and then uh, they kind of make a little bit of a deal of saying, hey, just get out of their tabernacle. Get away from everybody that doesn't want to be consumed. Get away from them. And it says that Dathan and Abiram came out and stood, near the, stood in the door of their tent. So they see everybody fleeing, and they, judgment's about to fall, and they just come out to the door, and they just kind of sit there and watch. And look, at these, look at these fools running. What are they running for? Nothing's going to happen. So, proud, 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 rebels at heart. Rebel consumed with the rebellion. It spread and infected their entire body. Uh, verse 28, And Moses said, hereby, hereby ye shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own hand. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, uh, then the Lord hath not sent me. That's not the visitation we're going to be doing this next Saturday. Uh, verse 30, But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth swallow or earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them. And they go down quick into the pit. You shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass as he made an end of speaking of all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under, under them. Now, maybe they were thinking they were going to get one more chance. We'll just take a pause right there. Maybe they were thinking that after Moses said all this stuff right here again, they were going to get another chance to get out. Maybe, the, maybe Dathan and Byron were saying, ah, I'll go next time he says something or whatever. And they didn't expect it to just boom. As soon as it came to pass, and it came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words, the ground just opened right up. It happened right then. They probably weren't even expecting it to happen that fast. They were probably thinking, oh, I can just mosey on out whenever I can or whenever I want to. And the earth swallowed her, opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses, and all the men that appertain unto Korah, and all their goods. They and all that appertain unto them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were around about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord, and consumed 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, and he, uh, that he take up a censer out of the burning, and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. And uh, it just kind of goes on through these next four verses, talking about this is going to be a sign, and it's going to be a memorial to the children of Israel, verse 40, uh, about, of what happened here and what took place. Uh, and it says in the end of verse 40, that he be not as Korah, to the children of Israel, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as the Lord said unto him by the hand of Moses. Kind of reiterating, hey, it's, guess what? You, I'm using Moses to tell you guys this. You guys thought he was, wasn't supposed to be, that was too much for him? Well, by the, by the hand of Moses. But on the morrow, all the congregation, verse 41, of the children of Israel murmured 
Now we have some murmuring going on against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord, trying to sound all spiritual. Uh, and, it came, and it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, a cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and, the, and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this, congrega this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So they're, they're again, pleading. Ple uh, they're pleading for these people. And Moses said unto Aaron, <clears throat> Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. And Aaron took, and Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. Verse 48, And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700, beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. So that is the, the removal of the infection. We have judgment falling here. It had to be taken care of. Something had to happen. The infection is getting out of control. It's, it's spread. It started with pride, and then it grows into, we have uh, contention, we have envy, we have strife, uh, we, have, uh, we have murmuring, we have uh, uh, bitterness, we have rebellion, major rebellion. This whole chapter is just a rebellious chapter of what's going on. It had to be taken care of. It had to be cut off. It had to be stopped. Yeah. It could have been fixed early on without a problem, but it wasn't, so now extreme measures have to happen. That's just the fact of the matter. That's just what has to happen. There's, there's three judgments that happen here. First one is to the main offenders. <clears throat> Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. The earth swallows them up. Verses uh, 31 through 33. You, you know, you might, be, you might get swallowed up by the world. We might never see you again. Which is not what anybody wants. But spiritually, you might get swallowed up by the world. Out of church, out in the world. Swallowed up by the world. Because of all that, all that, that growth of the infection has overtaken you so much that you're not even recognizable at all anymore, and you're just, boom, you're just swallowed up by the world, gone. Gone. Nobody wants that. You don't want that. But, man, when an infection takes, takes its course, the end of that course is bad. Secondly, we have the second judgment that happens. 250 famous men says uh, that were either persuaded or just asked to join the rebellion or just, they were like, yeah, that's, I think that same exact, that's, that's how I think. I'm glad a couple people decided to stand up to, to the preachers here. And boom, they're taken out by fire. And there came a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. Those folks in the beginning, those those extra folks that gathered up against him and stuff. Don't just go with the flow because it seems like the thing to do. There might just be a waterfall at the end of that flow. There might be a, there might be a, a ledge. You're going to go off, and there's no coming back up that fall. All right? You see all those, you see those salmon, they're jumping and jumping, and there's just a bear just waiting to chomp it at the top there. <laughs> there's no going back up that river after you go over the ledge. Those 250 men, those ones that were... They were affected by what Korodath and Abiram decided to do. Said, yep, we'll do it too. We'll jump on this bandwagon. They're pretty, they're pretty uh, serious people in this company of men. And we're all famous people. It says men of renown and stuff. But there was judgment came on them as well. Third, third judgment. Four, or 14,700 dead. When the wrath that, gone, that was gone out from the Lord that we read about there. That wrath went out from the Lord, the plague the Lord sent. That was collateral damage. Collateral damage, those who sympathized with those that were judged. Not understanding what's really going on. Thinking, uh, unbelievable. I can't believe that, they've, uh, that that judgment happened to them. This is not right. You, you did this, pastor. You did this, pastor such and such, or, or brother, whoever. Or just folks that were just around there. Maybe not all of them, 
were murmuring and complaining. Maybe there were a few folks that were just kind of persuaded to or just did it because their mom and dad were or their friend, their best friend was or whoever it might be. Collateral damage. They weren't the initial starters of this problem, but they were wrapped right up into it and that plague, it just started spreading and just, just killed and killed. Your wickedness and your rebellion will affect someone and hurt someone who would have never been affected if it hadn't been for you. So that sounds pretty pointed. It is pretty pointed. It needs to, it needs to get serious. It needs, to, it needs to be real. It needs to be real to me. It needs to be real to you. We can affect people in the, a good way, and we can infect people, or affect people in a, a good way and in a bad way. If you prefer the service of sin, you must be prepared to accept sin's wages. And, you know, and all this whole thing that happened, it became, it said it became a sign forever. It became a sign forever. You know, I had that staph infection, and, man, it hurt, and it got huge. I mean, my arm looked weird. And it was just this huge bulge on, on my elbow, and it looked like I had, like, a big old melon hanging off my arm. It was gross. Full of white pus and stuff. That's, yes, infection is nasty. Remember, it, it's nasty. I had, it hurt to take care of it, but it had to be taken care of. I went to the doctors. They said if you had waited any longer, you'd be, it would have gone right to your heart, and you would be, who knows? Who knows where you'd be? You might not be here the next day. That, that was a very, uh, very sobering experience that day when I heard that from the doctor. He said, you got here just in time. <laughs> you know, you need to take care of it in time because if you wait one more day, you stand by that, you come out by that tent, the Lord's passing judgment, you come out by your tent door and you're standing there like, oh, wait another day. Could be over like that. You never know. And I went in and they said, hey, you got, this is a staph infection, you have MRSA, and this has to be taken care of now. We got to get you on antibiotics or whatever happened. My, I've hit my head a lot. I'm like our pastor, and my memory is a little muddled. But uh, I said, okay, I, I sense that this, this is when I wasn't in church, I was not doing right. And I sense, like, hey, this is God saying, hey, buddy, I got your number. It was, it was a very tough situation, a very sobering experience. Um, called, called lost friends and told them to pray. And but I, I still had to take care of the problem. I still had a problem. I can say, all right, I'll get right. I'll, sure, I'll get right. I'll get back in church, but I'm still going to have this big old thing on my arm and deal with it. No, I had to take care of it. Had to get drained. Had to get the infection out, and thankfully it was on my elbow, so I could I could squeeze it really t- really hard and kind of like toothpaste coming. Up. <laughs> infection is nasty. It's nasty. Yes, and guess what? Sin is nasty. You think, oh, that's gross. Like toothpaste. Coming? Yeah, and sin is gross too. All right, you need to be able to make relate them to each other. Infection's nasty and gross. Sin is nasty and gross. You have to have the same mindset for sin as you do for the nasty pus coming out of a staph infection or whatever it might be. It, it got taken care of and I was fine. But how many people let things go and they're gone? Something stupid that could clear them up. Maybe, maybe just some little infection and didn't even know that it was going to go to your brain or to your heart to stop you like that. Don't, don't just put off those little infections that you have going on in your heart. Because you never know when the Lord's going to call your number and say, hey, bud, you're done. You're done. In closing, you know, Psalm 68 says, uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute here. But in closing, don't be like Cordathan and Abiram. Because you might end up with a similar ending. Infections, they start small with an item, but they'll grow best thing you can do is to catch it now before it continues to grow and get out of control. It's time to apply the bomb of Gilead to that problem, that infection. Let some living water run over it and wash it out. There's hope to get healed and get on the right track. Korah's sons did. Before judgment fell, it says in Numbers chapter, you don't have to turn there, Numbers 26, and uh, we can have our piano player and Whoever else, come on up, Brother Andrew. Numbers 26, 
Notwithstanding, verse 11 says, Notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. Hey, they, they took, Korah's kids, they took heed of the warnings from the preacher. And they were used of God in their lives. Look at Psalm chapter 44. Look at Psalm chapter 44. We're done. We're just going to look at a couple headings of some of these Psalms. What does your heading say under where it says Psalm 44? To the chief musician for the sons of Korah. Psalm 45. To the chief musician upon Shoshanim for the sons of Korah, the song, uh, masculine, the so, a song of loves. 46. To the chief musician for the sons of Korah. 48. A song and psalm for the sons of Korah. On and on, going through talking about them being musicians and being, being used of the Lord. They're around there being used of God. This account in Numbers needs to be a lesson and a warning to all of us here today. If you're, a, you're a rebellious today, you need to get it taken care of. Psalm 68 6 says, The rebellious dwell in a dry land. Are you dry right now? Are you walking around a dry land? Chances are there's some rebellion going on. Why not take care of it today? At your seat, at the altar, wherever you are. Take care of it before it's too late. The infection of iniquity. Don't be like Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Get it right today. Take care of that rebellion. Whatever it might be leading up to that rebellion, find out the source of the infection. Take care of it before it's too late. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this morning, for these folks uh, just coming on out this morning. I thank you for the message. And I pray that it would, uh, it would help somebody today. As Father, it, just, it helped me and worked on me the hours that I've worked on this. And, I just ask you to be with this uh, invitation to him. In Jesus' name, amen.